too short of time. And then the lady was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, not doing that again. So then, uh, like, you get done with your work, and you're just, like, just bullshitting on the computer, and somebody comes up behind you and says, why are you on Facebook? Yeah. Why are you on Facebook? Yeah. Why are you on Facebook? Did you see what the name of that fucking record is? No. It's something like recorded. New record project? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, should that's, we, should we that's literally, I thought that was just like a working title. Oh, no, that's yeah, the title. I thought that so is the official title. I, I, that's yeah. the name he, of the he, goddamn record. He, he worked on it, and then he decided it. <laughs> <laughs> Have we started already? Yeah, I, I guess so. so. Now yeah. I have that work thing. That, we we have to start want. off. We have to start off today's podcast with that because it is too fascinating. I I stopped in the middle of my little my my weekly thing of you know when I watched the two movies in the last drive-in and I was like, all right, let's fucking hear this song. I was just like, oh dear lord, yo, it is so <laughs> fucking long. It's, it's almost <laughs> it's almost six minutes long. No, it, no, I think it's like four minutes and. 20 seconds or something or that way that's just that's just the that's just the weed number i said i don't it, know yeah. why i went straight to the weed number i just it's weed number most four, of it is just the chorus too exactly it, yeah. there's why not you, a lot of variation in the way facebook. he sings it either it's not like he changes the pitch it's just why are you on facebook why are you on facebook why are you on facebook i imagine he was recording it just like you were or like he's just kind of sitting at a desk recording. <laughs> for, for context, by the way, can we explain what this is all about? Okay. Oh, so uh, so Van Morrison um, has turned my, my brother in initials. Yeah, that's true. Your brother, your brother in initials. So y'all have the same. Okay, that's man. Sorry, that was a, that was an elaborate way of saying that. I didn't mean for it to take this much away from the explanation. Have said, so, we have uh, the same initials. Yeah, my, so my, you guys are tight then, right? You guys have a real yeah, connection, my boy, dude. So Van Morrison, uh, I guess he's got this new recording project. Josh sent it to us last night. Um, where I knew about the anti-lockdown songs and the anti-mask songs, but he's turned basically boomer memes that your parents and grandparents share on Facebook into like new Van Morrison songs. And the thing is, this Facebook song, it sounds like a classic Van Morrison song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it sounds what, like something that could have come out in 1972. That's what makes it kind of sad to me, because, like, I hear, like, it's Van Morrison's voice, you know, and I kind of had, like, a connection with his music from a long time ago. And, sure, like, me too. Hearing his voice saying the fucking initials? crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, it's kind of heartbreaking a little bit, you know? Maybe it's actually an unearthed song. Maybe he recorded this many years ago, and he was foreseeing the Future. I don't There's think no Van breakdown. Morrison was in a metalcore band person. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, what's what's extra funny about it is the lyrics. If you if you read the lyrics, he is like going after people on Facebook. It's not like some broad, you know, like think about your oh, life, yeah. how much better it would be not being online. Did, it's like, are you after your 50 mi 15 minutes of fame? Like, are you yeah, ashamed? Yeah, there's no subtlety there whatsoever. He, he calls just people, straight up calls you a loser. Exactly. <laughs> with exactly. no life. It's like Van Morrison is like is like trying to like 
punk people. He's like calling people punk ass bitches for that's, being on Facebook. That's funny I, shit. But uh, my <laughs> wife said something hilarious when we were, we listened to it together, and she she was like, "This motherfucker's going after people for wanting 15 minutes of fame. This guy's going for a lifetime career of yeah, fame. No Let shit. somebody have 15 fucking minutes. Come on. I, I'm also going online to double check it, and Van Morrison does have an official Facebook account. <laughs> 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 that's amazing that's why, so fucking good i hope every comment that it posts is like why are you doing this <laughs> so i wonder when he recorded this because I, I know how conservative he leans and i know that facebook's supreme court uh just ruled that trump isn't allowed back on there like was this like a spur of the moment did he have this music track like did he have this already recorded and he just like a rapper goes in and just like lays the beat down and then just like <laughs> off the dome like just like freestyles this song because it's it's sung like that you know it's just him speaking like this and then another line like this and then he wants to know why you're a fucking pussy yeah like it's just it's just the like, guacamole <laughs> you, you can like any of us could almost go in and record something of this nature i don't understand <laughs> it, why we don't it, it's a it's the very de- it, it's mm. it's the very definition of like you know old van yells at cloud old <laughs> that took me a second old van that's that okay Dan, uh, get to your six minutes of work for the week, um, <laughs> and, and and create the image for old old, old van, van yells, yells at cloud. <laughs> You're getting it Tuesday at uh, eleven p.m. now. Okay. All right, it's, it, this it, one's going to be a hard one. To yeah, do. is yeah. it union work now? <laughs> Man, uh, I'm going to do I'm going to do it all at ten thirty p.m. on Tuesday. <laughs> we're uh, never we're never just, just for your little loud. quips. We're never going to be able to uh, to fire Dan now that he's a part of a union. Yeah, his job his job is too secure. Damn, Local it was it was either bro. it was either that or a Van Morrissey, but oh uh, yeah, that's why I don't move on camera. I feel like that's too much wasted effort <laughs> to work on the podcast. So I just try to sit as still and quiet as possible. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to overexert myself. Sometimes I think you've just got like absolutely terrible internet, and then like something will move in the background. I'm like, oh no, 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 he's he's not frozen. He's still there. <laughs> now, now I just refreshing. put a cardboard cutout right here of myself, yeah. and I go sit back yeah. there. Now refresh my memory. I think wasn't originally when they revealed that he was doing an anti-lockdown song that I think Eric Clapton was working alongside him too. We yeah. had talked about this before, but I had not heard this song, and I still haven't looked it up. <laughs> I think it, I, might, it might be on this record. I wouldn't know. There's a lot I think of y'all, I, y'all I mentioned think I heard it. The other one, and I'm still like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" That sounds crazy to <laughs> Do me. Do you want me to read the, all the song titles from this yes, album? Please. please. Okay. Yes. First, read the name of the album first. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, latest record project, Volume One, <laughs> and it just came out yesterday. So the first song is called "Latest Record Project." Where have all the rebels gone? Psychoanalyst Ball. No good deed goes unpunished. Tried to do the right thing. The long con. Thank God for the blues. Big lie. A few bars early. It hurts me too. Only a song. (laughs) Diabolic pressure. Deadbeat Saturday night. Blue funk. Double agent. Double bind. Love should come with a warning. Breaking the spell. Up, county, down. (sighs) Duper's Delight, 
My time wow. after a while. Is this he's a double album? King, yes, it's a double album. He's not oh, the king fan. Mistaken identity. This is a good one. Stop bitching. Do something. <laughs> uh, Western man. It gets bad here. Oh God, uh, Western man. Yeah, but it gets worse here. Oh, you mean like oh the God. West? It gets worse. They own the media. I, I listen, to, I listen I, to that. that and I was like, that, that was fucking embarrassing. That song's kind of good if it wasn't for the fact that it's batshit crazy. <laughs> yes. Well, no, no, no. Uh, or that it's just about Jewish people. Well, yeah, like that's really, that's what that means. Uh, then there's why why are you on Facebook? And then jealousy, <laughs> which I guess maybe might be a counter. Like, hey, if y'all think I'm just like he, he does. I, a I got a quick question: cover? Is is yeah. diabolic pressure the top or the bottom one? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so Josh, is there are there extra? Tracks on iTunes you buy, including the song called "Why Don't You Want to Work for My Restaurant Anymore." <laughs> That's yeah. a hidden track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the last song is actually like eleven minutes long, and it's like, oh, I wonder why, why? Why is there so much dead air? And then, well, uh, why don't you want to work at my restaurant? Come yeah. On. Well, this is that. volume one of um, latest record project. Oh shit! So yeah. there's presumably going to be at least a second. Jesus ball. Christ! Yeah, yeah the the second record the first song i've already seen the track listing is i could pay you 15 dollars an hour but i think the whole economy would collapse (laughs) (laughs) Uh, can i speak to your manager is on the second album yeah this feels like a record like if i were to just go on his wikipedia page i would assume based on these song titles he got divorced after like 50 years of being married like that's how this (laughs) reads yeah like he uh, that was just like the straw and he's just like him and uh him and Bill Gates are going to take the town on Saturday night now that uh now that Bill Gates and Melinda are split up. <laughs> or maybe he's going to go see what Melinda's doing. Oh shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he uh, he absolutely took the vibe of an old man that corners you in the dairy section of the grocery store and starts talking your ear off about politics. He's just created an entire album of that. You know what? I, you know what I'm saying? Like when when I used to work at at uh, Win Dixie, all the time, like I would just have old men. Like I worked at Win Dixie around the time that 9/11 happened, so like there was all this anti-Muslim, anti-Islam Is- rhetoric going on, and like all the time. Like these these old men would just start talking my ear off, like I was going to agree with them about all of their super right wing bullshit politics. They would. And, uh, they would also say I worked in a grocery store around that time too, and they they would say things that I'm supposed to like guess the correlation between their like right right their right. anti Muslim stuff. Like they would say. Like okay, so uh, this was a little actually this was a little after, but when the uh, the wave, <laughs> god damn it, I suck. Um, and uh, what? What did you just do? <laughs> I can only tell you what metal guy died, and and I can't tell you the actual event. The guy from Nazem died in this uh, tsunami. 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 Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. For the listeners, Josh was doing like a hand puppet thing to to represent a wave happening. Like he he was like doing a, a lamb chop. Can I just? Am I crazy or have we completely discussed both of the like your 
your grocery store story and the tsunami story. We have we've run about. out of we've run out of material. <laughs> this is it. Here's, this here's is just it. full circle. <laughs> we've talked about this before. Yes, I don't think we talked. I don't think we. I don't think we talked about the latter, but I know we've definitely talked. Yeah, about Yeah, we talked about the tsunami, uh, like the fundraising thing. Well, let's talk about oh, the step yeah. ladder then. Uh, yeah, Josh, go ahead. Well, then I already I already told the story. Well, I don't even know what the story. I, I I've it's completely lost on <laughs> let's, me. Let's revisit it. Let's okay. So <laughs> uh, essentially, just okay. So around the time of the tsunami happened, uh, the Red Cross or whoever I think it was Red Cross were doing a thing, and then oh. some people some people would be like, "Oh, I don't want to give money to Red Cross. That's whatever." But then other people would be like, "There were a lot of Muslims there." And then I'm like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, statistically, yes. yes. I don't know what, you're, what like, you mean. What, what's the implication? Like, wink, not, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, Man. you're a piece of shit. All right. That's a yeah. vile fucking place. So, yeah, uh, it's like, what? Horrific. Maya, uh, I, I got in trouble. I was I was a little 16-year-old edgelord uh, when 9-11 happened, and I was working, like, that week, I was working at the grocery store, and... I was talking with like another bagger or something or cashier and I just made the office. I said this shit out loud where people could hear me and then I got in trouble for it. Somebody called the store and tried to get me fired because I was just like, hey, at least they believe in something <laughs> about, the, about, oh, the, about the 9-11 hijackers. Man. I just, because uh, I was, I was kind of on that like, you know. America's been fucking with the Middle East for such a long time, and, you know, folks are fucking sick and tired of it. Now, uh, there's a, a lot more nuance to that discussion, but I was 16 years old, so that's... I think you I'm were gonna... kind of ahead of your time. Well, I, I, I think I, think I kind of was, but also I was just saying it to, like piss off my co-workers as well because everybody was on yeah. that rah-rah america like mission successful there on that one you pissed yeah off the yeah exactly and and this uh my manager called me into the office and they were like did you say this and i was like yeah i did they were like will you cannot like they didn't even tell me i was wrong for it they just told me like i just can't say it out loud around the customers <laughs> We wow. can't fire you for thinking it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, I think I've told the story before about when I first got my license down in North Carolina and my, my driving instructor went on about a good 15, 20 minute rant uh, when I was driving up around uh, uh, Wrightsville Beach about uh, just like a gigantic, like xenophobic, anti-Muslim rant. And I was like, man, like if I'm not trying to get something that's pretty fucking important, I would like pull over and tell you to get the fuck out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of his car yeah. that you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're driving. You said you can steer you can steer yourself home with a double steering wheel. <laughs> oh, oh, Alright. Besides the reasons that we're all on Facebook, Josh, uh, what do you got for topics this week, man? I actually don't really have any. I just have a statement. Um, so let me see if I can articulate it. Um, so you know how everyone's just, it kind of goes along with the Van Morrison thing on accident, really. Uh, I feel like the whole thing is like people are getting dumber. There is no way that people are getting dumber. Like, I don't believe that. 
So it's like, I assume everyone was always dumb, and I resist the urge to act like it's getting worse, is my statement for this week. Like, okay. it's impossible that people are getting dumb. Like, you always hear people were like, you know, they're like, oh, you should rewatch Idiocracy, which is a great movie, but they're always like, yeah, that's, it's like becoming true. And I'm right. like, no, it's not. You know, I, just, I agree. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. I, I think I think what it is, it's kind of an illusion in that, like, capitalism is what keeps making things stupider and stupider and stupider. It's not the fact, like, our kids are going to be light years ahead of us in the intelligence department. It's just a fucking fact, a historical fact that's been happening for thousands of years. But well, the, I, I would ask, Do you guys all feel like you're smarter than your parents? Yeah, oh, yeah that's my yeah. point. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, of... Ryan, Ryan, hold on real quick. Ryan said absolutely not. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. I mean, I always felt like it shouldn't be that way, but it is that way for me. Like, And it's like... It, it's okay so like my dad had been trying to like figure out like how to track uh, an amtrak thing like my brother's on a train going across the country and it took me like two minutes like to figure out um but it's it's that point when you hit like a certain age whatever it is and then you're like oh my parents are dumb like it's like (laughs) i thought they were smart but they are but it's like going back to the original point and then i want to hear why ryan thinks that his parent is smarter than him but first it's like i mean we've all like gone to school probably just realistically more than most of our parents so it's just kind of like the changing of the times you know and uh it's just like impossible for us to be dumber but i think it's easier now for just i will say older people i don't really want to say dumber people to (laughs) have their voice heard yeah so it's like they were always dumb people it's they, like the, it's like the police brutality issue, you know. It's like people are like it's been going on the whole time. We just see it more now. You I just couldn't just talk to you couldn't people. hear everyone's fucking opinion, dumbass. Right. Opinion now you about see it everywhere brutality. on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Everyone has a soapbox to get on, so you there, can just realize how much stupid shit there is out there. I was gonna say it feels like um, they've just been far more vocal because you've had a person who's been front and center and on the media who's been unapologetically loud and brash and irritating and so now they say well fuck he can do it why can't i do it a role model (laughs) yeah yeah there there used to be a filter on whose voices got heard when you wrote into the editor which the newspaper was the way or the the radio you know like you bought an hour on public access radio like back in the 60s or 70s and and had your own little uh you know 50 kilowatt station that only had like a 200 mile radius right that was as far as your voice could reach unless you were given a show on on the channels and don't get me wrong like this is always a double-edged sword right the more people like folks that that don't live in an area or don't go into like the fact that we're doing a podcast where our stupid ass uh voices can be heard literally a good example of this exactly exactly it's a double-edged sword there's so much more to sift through but also there used to be a way to filter those those voices out the guy that you know alex jones used to be standing on a uh, a milk crate on a corner <laughs> screaming from the top of his lungs and instead now he's global and probably one of the most influential people of this century uh which is a depressing <laughs> oh, God, thing that to say. hurts to hear you say it's that. it's true though it's true <laughs> if it, it, it does not make it easy to hear but it is absolutely true 
Well, he's still standing on a milk crate. Now he just has a megaphone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like his his megaphone is is the uh, is the internet. Yes, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's um, it, it's it's just become so fascinating to see, you know, just and I do kind of agree that I don't really know if people have gotten dumber because I really have kind of experienced the same level of stupidity for the past like fifteen years in uh, different jobs I've had. It's never really gotten better or worse. It's just kind of stayed the same. Well, a couple points to that. You've probably started working retail about 15 years ago. And uh, then yeah. you were also a child, really, before the, at that point. Um, so it's we're, we're correct when people... It's like people are dumb. It's just people are dumb. Yes. Like, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's not like people have gotten dumber. They just have I, been You know, dumb. it's like people are like, crime is getting worse. And it's like, statistically, it's really not. Yeah, it's, it's like, the opposite. It's like, I'm still going to lock my door. And I'm a fucking... Like, if I hear... There's a decent amount of gunshots in my neighborhood... And I'll go lock the door, but it's like a decent amount. There's a decent amount of gunshots, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, you know, more, it's just more the than way. Three, more than three, you're like, hmm, I don't but, know about this. Yeah, but I don't know. It keeps the house prices down. Se- seven, seven gunshots, seven gunshots in a span of two days is an indecent amount, and I will talk to somebody's manager well, like, about it. Yeah, like I'll go lock my door after I hear a gunshot. Like that's going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I'd, seriously. I, I hear bullets don't way. knock, Josh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this isn't Roger Rabbit. I hear way more gunshots than that, but I live out in the country now, so that might have a different. Context Do you go lock too. your door when you're a gunshot? Uh, well, they're already locked. Wow. I feel like I I trust the rednecks less than I, I trust Vic. Them. Vic Vic has a uh, somebody pounds on his door at two o'clock in the morning, and he opens up, and it's a deer just saying, "Let me the fuck in, man! Let me the fuck in, please." <laughs> Uh, a real estate God. tip real estate tip if you want to get a better price on a house you just show up there like a month or two before you want to make an offer and you just kind of fire off a couple shots <laughs> <laughs> every couple nights or so and watch those prices drop yeah, yeah. Genius. Uh, I guess like the one last point about like the radio thing was even when there were only just the only way you could really have your voice heard was to call into a station and then say I'll take my comments off the air there was still someone that would screen your call to get on that show. So I think if you sounded too batshit, they just wouldn't let you on. Um, so there was no, there's no like filter to when you like post something on Facebook. It's just really, why are you on Facebook? But <laughs> like, we'll, like you said, there, there's you on an, Facebook. There's an equilibrium of stupidity throughout humanity, but previous generations know how like they have they have a different set of skills than we do right and they're the ones we, at, at the same time that we're sitting here lamenting that Josh's dad couldn't figure out how to track a train across the country like Josh do you have any small engine repair uh skills uh like really tiny engines but <laughs> <laughs> like do do you uh like can, do you change the oil in your car Dude, um, I don't even change the oil on my lawnmower. <laughs> I just that's, fucking that's use the lawnmower until I'm dragging it around. And the, I'm not the knocking yard. anyone. There is no, there is no correct way to to move through this life. There is no perfect set of skills. But there are things that like pr- prior generations were more intelligent about than us, out of necessity, right? Like we have to. 
uh, the, the jobs that we typically get, this generation gets, you need to have like a, a certain level of proficiency with computers, uh, with technology and stuff that older generations, you hit that age where you're just like, you know what? I'm fucking fine. This is all I need a computer for, which is email. I'm not learning anything else. I don't need to learn anything else. You know, like there. And so those skills replace each other, each generation. And our kids are going to have skills about technology that at some point we're going to be like, fuck this shit. I don't want to learn anything else. (laughs) Isn't it wild to think that we like someone would think that Adam Carolla is smarter than them because he can fix a car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, car isn't his name. (laughs) <laughs> wow. it is you, it, it, you gotta to, hand it to him his middle name is actually Toyota <laughs> man sure. so, uh, so I, I I understand the sentiment that you were saying but I still I could service a car better than both of my parents could like I I have done more car work than like, either do of my you parents. go down on the car? Or... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You make love to that thing, don't <laughs> you? Know, you know how they like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fucking yeah. Shout I mean, out to Chuck Tingle there. That's, that's there was, what I'm there saying. Was a met, there was a metaphor for the banana and the exhaust pipe. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it doesn't, I don't mean, I just was just using those as examples. Of, yeah, of... I, I will say, I, I understand your point, but I'm, I might be an exception. But <laughs> Sure. And, and, and there's exceptions to everything. Like, my dad is doing stuff constantly all the time uh, that I have no skills for because he was a shithead and didn't raise me worth a fuck but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying like there's 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 another issue with just saying uh, using the phrases dumb and smart because it's like saying the it's like calling somebody a genius there are moments of genius there are strokes of genius, but that doesn't make them a genius. Van Morrison wrote Wild Nights, and that song is fucking genius to me. And now he's putting out the fucking Facebook song. Yeah. And that is not genius to me. <laughs> yeah, but saying that somebody's dumb or a genius is so flat vague that it has completely relatively lost meaning. Exactly, exactly. Like, that. there's no... It, you have to the, the conversation has to be more nuanced around like yeah. our generational intelligence. It might as well be like just someone say millennial. Like it doesn't mean anything. Right, even when right. someone calls someone dumb. Like you're not taking into consideration so many different factors that might lead you to know that this person is dumb. Yeah, there there's not really a f- fair way to measure intelligence, like a good metric to say this is how smart you are. Like we try with IQ tests and things like that. But you got a good point. They discount your skill levels in areas that are not part of the test. So it's not kind of unfair to to judge someone across the board like that. Like Vic was saying, it's pretty vague. Absolutely. Like so, some of the the uh, smartest people are I know are just backwoods yokel rednecks. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would bomb an quote-unquote IQ test or an SATs and and anyway those things why would they kill all those students (laughs) do what (laughs) they would bomb an SAT why would they murder all those students that's terrible I mean they they are uh uh white lone wolves so there is a uh (laughs) a a chance that that would happen but um point being is that uh those tests are rooted in eugenics anyway when those were created they are 
historically racist as hell. The IQ test was a way to keep uh, uh, black people and minorities out of the military originally. Um, so there's a whole problematic. Yeah, there's a whole problematic ass. Uh, if if you guys ever want to to read a super fascinating book. War Against the Weak by Edwin Black. Josh is shaking his head no. <laughs> Does it have pictures? Uh, in, the, in the very center, yeah. Oh, okay. It has pictures of like um, uh, Nazi Germany sent a delegation mm. over to California back in the 30s, I think the early 30s. Is that the, bu- the Bund or whatever? I hate this is the book that I made jokes about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact, the exact name, Vic, but there's pictures of uh, a Nazi delegation over here in the United States to learn about America's eugenics programs. Our eugenics programs are what Nazi Germany modeled their entire programs after. They just took it a couple steps further, and that's doing a lot of heavy more, lifting in that more sentence. More than a couple steps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, no, but but we were already we were already um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, sterilizing people. We were already sterilizing poor people. Um, over here, North Carolina was doing it up into the seventies, uh, so that they couldn't have children to make more poor people. What right. The fuck? So like, Holy we were shit. already doing heinous ass shit. We were giving people lobotomies. Nazi Germany just decided, well, instead of doing this and then being like, uh, you know, having to live off of the state the rest of their life, we'll just kill them. Jeez. So they got all of their ideas from us. Anyway, war against the weak by Edwin Black. That's a heavy ass topic I just brought up. And, uh, got this week for topics so it's been kind of a hectic week so i don't have a whole lot but i did just want to discuss again look we're gonna go back to old van morrison here <laughs> so i was trying to think of a single song besides brown eyed girl by van morrison and i could not do it my brain just kept telling me uh walk on the wild side and i know <laughs> it's not him it doesn't sound like him but my brain's like no no it's walk on the wild side that's totally van morrison and, and I know it's not, but that's the only song that would pop in my head. It's it's Lou Reed, right? It's not yeah. a little yeah. Lou Reed song yet. I said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Stay off I Facebook. I said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. All right, well, see, when I hear you singing, now I'm not feeling like there's much of a difference. Uh, what the not. hell else did Van Morrison do? Wild Nights. Wild uh, Nights. I don't know yeah. that right. song off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, what this, else? Honey, uh, honey, Moon Tupelo dance. or Tupelo Honey, Tupelo honey um, Mystic Moon, River. Moon All right, we can do it. Yeah, Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, there's a wonderful night for a moon dance. I want a whole fucking series of Will singing other songs in the style of Van Morrison. Now, <laughs> I That's he is one of good. my favorite voices to impersonate. When when I go to karaoke, Wild Nights is the first song that I, I sing, and I love it. Can it's we seriously so write? Good this song <laughs> write what song a song that sounds like a van morrison song that's just about <laughs> something really ridiculous hey if 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 somebody helps me out with the music i will completely do a van hey, morrison impression and record i did butthole sun last night uh in the oh, style well, we of know sound garden <laughs> can we just make a van morrison song about jorts <laughs> like a jorts yeah. center promo 
It's a wonderful night to wear a pair of jorts. Dun, dun. <laughs> you got to explain the whole process. Like, it's like uh, summer is coming, so you have to cut your pants off, uh, you know, spring into <laughs> it the lake. It itself. I love it. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. I'll do the, like, uh, I, I can write the lyrics if Will sings it. Uh, I can make the music. Yeah. Okay. Ryan, yeah, just, you help me with the lyrics. Just do something like just just a, a three chord progression, like the Facebook song. It's the same. There's the. I don't think the music changes literally the entire time. <laughs> yeah. It's like a. It's like Van Morrison's version of a Skinnerd song, uh, where it's just the same three chords over and over. Actually, it's funny when I was younger, and you know, for uh, uh, for as Ryan's much getting as I, choked up thinking about this memory. <laughs> for, for as much as I love uh, CCR, I always thought Bad Moon Rising was Van Morrison too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man did you uh, i i felt like everybody paused so i could sing that like van morrison we yeah. were waiting like, for it we were waiting uh, for it <laughs> actually john fogarty yeah I, I i see the the confusion there um they have similar voices i feel like i would just be doing a, a old fogarty impression <laughs> <laughs> call back call back <laughs> um all right Vic, what do you got this week for topics? So I was thinking uh, a lot of podcasts will do like every time they do an episode, they'll be like, follow us on all this shit, you know, and plug all the other stuff that they have. Right. I was thinking, let's do it like a Band-Aid and pull it all off and like plug all our shit one time. <laughs> plug all, That sounds painful. I don't want to plug my, I want yeah. the shit out of me. Plug your shit, dude. I don't, I'm not plugging anything. <laughs> Is I'm this some kind of kink? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Don't shame him. <laughs> okay. You're so, what do you got? Go. Well, then tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods, Al Roker. <laughs> so, well, I mean, if I'm going to plug my shit, I'm going to say four fifths of this podcast play in a band called Beard of Antlers. That's true. That if you like, do me stoner sludge with a little bit of outer space. Check that out. Yep. Yep. Is outer outer some? space is a good description. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say that before. That was good. Outer, outer, sp- outer space and out of our mind. <laughs> but I, I was going to say even more so, like, you know, there's two actual podcasters. I don't know why I feel like this isn't a actual. podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guess what, dipshits? You're all actual podcasters now. I, I dub thee. We're going to have a knighting I, ceremony. I, I still have imposter syndrome, I guess. Once, once I'm vaccinated, I'm going to make you fuckers kneel in front of me, and I'm going to take a microphone and lay it on either, either side of your shoulders. Okay, so so here we go. I want you, Will, to fucking explain what Lauer After Hours is for real this time. (laughs) You, you didn't even give me any prep. You didn't warn me that I was supposed to do this. He's gonna have to write it down. All right. Okay. Pretend like we have no idea. We don't. (laughs) You don't have to pretend. (laughs) Nobody's listened to it. I've listened to a couple. (laughs) Pretend. I I really appreciate you saying pretend like we don't know what it is. As if you fuckers know what it is. So I'd like to, you constantly are like, Lower After Hours is not a sports podcast, but every time I listen to it, you talk about so much sports that I can't follow what the fuck you guys are talking about. We do? Am I crazy? Is that okay? Okay. So, So I am on, let's see, one, two... Usually during the week, I am on three episodes of it, um, so I don't. And, and uh, a little little industry secret: I don't listen to my own fucking podcasts. <laughs> like I don't. I don't know what the other groups. So we have three small groups that recap the Dan Lebetard show during the week. And okay, quite, so this is what. Uh, can you explain what the Dan Lebetard show is, and then explain what Lauer after? Okay, hours is. okay. So Lebetard show 
is th- they were a radio show on ESPN, just like traditional radio, uh, based out of Miami. And the reason I started listening to them is because they talked about 20, like maybe 20% sports and then 80% whatever they would have callers call in with like Michael Bolton impressions or, oh, or we like, do that and they, they would like interview Sebastian Bach and then. Uh, they would ask Sebastian Bach a question and then they would take a caller doing a Sean Connery impression. Like just, just like, just, just really silly all over the place stuff, wherever the kind of conversation, kind of like what we do on George Center, which is just people have topics and then, and then they just kind of, it's kind of like a lazy river. Hey, uh, the next time you call in, can you do a Van Morrison impression? <laughs> no, <laughs> they are they're they're actually not on radio anymore. Which yeah, is so, why. so there there is no more Dan. Levitt so so there. what happened is one of the one of the producers on the show, Chris Cody, who I've kind of become buddies with because I've sent him parody songs that I've written. Um, he actually got fired by ESPN. ESPN did a, a round of layoffs. They fired Chris Cody without letting Dan Lebetard, the guy that the show is named after, know about it. Okay. He got so pissed that he negotiated an early exit out of the contract. First of all, he ended up paying Chris Cody's salary and keeping him on the show without ESPN's approval. So he kind of gave him the double middle fingers, exited their, um, uh, uh, or negotiated their exit, and they've been kind of in limbo the past four or five months since, since they left in January and they just signed a three year, $50 million deal with DraftKings. So (laughs) they are, uh, they're making way more money than they did at ESPN. But at the beginning of the pandemic last year, a bunch of fans that were just on Twitter ended up in a group chat. And then a couple of them, you know, started a zoom, sent a zoom link out. Everybody just started talking about the show. They ended up recording it. Uh, as time went on, we started asking like employees from the show and, uh, ESPN to come on as guests. And that turned into Lauer after hours. Why is it called Lauer after hours? Uh, (laughs) because, uh, Chris Cody, the guy that got fired has this habit of combining two words. So like whenever somebody says, I don't know, give me a, give me a two word phrase, anything. Why Facebook? Uh, wastebook. It like he'll just like chime in, like almost like a, a knee jerk reaction, like where like that. That was a terrible example, uh, Ryan. <laughs> by the way, that was just n- nobody ever like leans into a mic and says why Facebook. Like that's I'm, I'm blocking so hard. What is it called when you fucking squash two words together? What's squash? Uh, think of that word. word. No, it's a fucking portmanteau. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. So, so he. He would uh, he would do that all the time, and they had an hour. They they when they were doing the radio show, they would do a local hour, uh, and then three hours of radio. And the local hour, he started calling the Lauer. This whole time, I thought you guys were talking about Matt Lauer. <laughs> no! Oh my God! I know. Holy I thought shit. it was very distasteful. Well, for. <laughs> No, Lauer is uh first of all that's spelled differently. Um secondly, uh the the Lauer after hours was just something that we we came up with because if you combine Lauer and after it comes up with laughter. Um if you do the Chris Cody thing to it. So, <laughs> uh we just started calling it Lauer after hours and eventually that got signed uh by Blue Wire Podcasts. So, they're like a sports network 
Oh, then why, why are they picking networks. up your not sports podcast then? Why are they? <laughs> yeah. Because we're... Uh, we, we do it's n- maybe kind of a sports podcast. Well, no, not really, not really. Uh, it's it's sports it's sports adjacent, but I think mainly because we we actually have listeners. I, th- I think like most good podcasts that are about something aren't really about that. Yeah, I like yeah, it's right like on. it's like if you think you want to listen to like you could listen to like a wine podcast if the host were good enough. Yeah, like it doesn't so really matter. You don't what have it's to about. care about wine. Yeah. So in a way. Your podcast is like the Seinfeld of podcasts. <laughs> I don't know why you said that, but I agree. Uh, it's, it's, about, it's, it's a podcast about nothing. Yeah, well, yeah, this is this is the fucking side. Seinfeld yeah, this podcast. is the, this, this is, is the Seinfeld. I just want to be Elaine. Can I be Elaine? I think we should. Well, I guess you call dibs. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so Lauer after hours ended up. With, like I said, we we just kept asking big name guests to come on, and for some reason they said yes, and so, then uh, that that just snowballed into now. Now we do recap shows. We do like a get to know your fan thing, and we do like big interviews on Sundays. So that makes it. So I also want to talk about Josh's spinning out podcast because. I mean, I love the idea. I actually, full disclosure, have not listened to an episode yet. It's it's on my to-do list, I promise. But, like, you've had some crazy awesome guests on. And I love the, like, the premise sounds awesome. And we are going to have a crossover episode at some point, I believe. Well, that's a glowing review. Uh, So I think that's really, like, most things you do... um, I've had people be like, oh, are you still doing that band? I've never listened, but it's good that it seems like you're still doing it. Uh, so I guess, is this the point where I'm supposed yeah, to explain? Explain, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so kind of, I guess, the same thing, like, going in the last pandemic, I started doing, like, an Instagram thing um, on my band's Instagram. Um, so I'm in a band called Late Bloomer, and uh, so basically it was like I would just talk to friends, like, every day of the week because this was like in like may of last year uh about like records they have so we would so i would say like hey if you have this black black sabbath record or black flag or whatever we would just be like oh you have this record like and then eventually it was like why isn't this a podcast but you know so then moved it away from my band account and it became spinning out but it kind of became more focused on just like why don't I just talk about like one record the whole time? But the, even that's a ruse. Like it's like you can get people to kind of come on and talk about a record, but still that twenty percent they'll talk about the record, and forty percent it's it, they can they'll talk about whatever. We'll just have a conversation. The idea is like when you were like playing shows, like you might ask someone you're playing with, like, "Hey, you like this record?" and then you'll talk about whatever. And so that's. That's it. So, yeah. You you sounded just like your dog, and you said, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Y'all's conversations are fantastic. I haven't listened to every episode, but I thought you were gonna say at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The the uh, like yeah, the, great podcast. Didn't listen. The <laughs> the level of nuance that y'all get into. There is there's this thing that some podcasts do. Uh, Maybe it's, I don't know, I'll just call it this for lack of a better term. Like, this uncanny valley of, like, I have no fucking idea what they're talking about, but the level of detail and and specificity that they get into is fascinating to me. It's like, 
it's like hearing an expert talk about something, even if you're not familiar with the subject. I still, I just enjoy hearing people that know a lot about something talk about it. And the the albums that you guys talk about and the the kind of the tangents that y'all go on are excellent. Thanks. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, I try and keep like. I've had a couple times where people will start talking like diminished chords or something, and I really keep, try and keep the podcast away from that. One because oh, I don't that's really sad. know theory in any sort of way, <laughs> uh, so that's really the real answer. And then two, I'm I'm always thinking that people, most people, don't want to hear about that, but I, I could oh, be wrong. Man. Now uh, I got to start a music theory podcast. You I? could, and it'd probably do a lot better than my podcast. <laughs> I mean, I think what's funny yeah. is like when. Um, but the weird thing about doing the podcast and the way that I have it formatted, it's me and another guest. So it sounds like I'm slamming whatever fictional guest, but it's like every week you kind of reset to the amount of listeners you have based on their popularity. <laughs> um, so so it's, 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 it sounds like me complaining, but that's just the nature <laughs> of it. I mean, I would assume like even like WTF is the same way. It's like if he just interviews one of his friends... It's not a great week in numbers rating, but that's not the point, you know? Right. See, I like, you made the, the joke about the diminished chords or whatever. There are there are certain uh, moments in songs that I fucking absolutely love. And from a music theory standpoint, I have no idea why yeah. until I hear somebody say something. Like, there is a, there's a chord change. It sounds silly. Uh, Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Like, right after, almost towards the end of the chorus. And it is just the most perfect, like, chord change that I've ever heard in my life. Like, I, 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 th- I think about little small nuances like that in songs and I like whenever Bandolero is writing a song, I always am trying to like come up with like what is the what is something that like like hits you in the gut right here like that. And I don't I don't know how to explain it because I don't know what happened in the song because I suck shit uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. with, with all this stuff too. Now is a good time you should plug Bandolero too because you. Guys I was about to say I'm like way to skip over that dude. Oh <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> Bandolero uh, is is my my band. Um, how would you describe? the music i don't even know how i would describe it it's the it. band of laros <laughs> i don't i don't know uh it's it's kind of um i don't know uh zz top influenced and uh a little skinnered influenced and then uh people have said queens of the stone age influenced um i can see that a so bit, yeah. maybe that's a good combination I, that's pretty good it does have a bit of a modern twist to it like on yeah. that classic southern rock style yeah and i, I think, will i gotta say about bandolero um they they got a really great album cover. Uh, I personally have not listened to it, <laughs> but it, it looks like it would be really cool. Yeah, I I mean I hate comparing them to uh, another band, but I think there's similarities in the what you all are influenced by, like Basque and Bandolero have a lot of the kind of similar influences. But I think y'all go on like the more rock end of, right. yeah, you know, I heavy. Th- I think Basque, Basque fucking rules. Basque yeah. is great. Let's plug Basque. Well, I guess I am since they were on my label, which yeah. I didn't plug either. Um, but Basque is like if Bandolero and Beard of Antlers were like mashed into one Yeah, band. really, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, maybe Dan would get this reference, but yeah, look at the Bandolero cover. It's like Fenris when he would pull out like album covers, be like, this band, big sunglasses, equal cool band. <laughs> um, yeah, the, our, our album cover, uh, which is just our name uh, against a yellow background, is is the equivalent of Van Morrison calling his new album "New Recording Project." <laughs> it's uh, 
<laughs> not much difference there. I, I, I guess to finish up my plugs. Um, so, um, all right. So I have late bloomer. That's a band I'm in. All right. That's a, another band I'm in. I do spinning out podcasts. And, yeah, uh, my wife is in All Right, and she helps me run Self-Aware Records. And those uh, are fantastic fucking bands, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, excellent, excellent music. Yeah, I shout out to Sarah. So. I probably do more, but that's uh, if I'm forgetting something important, I am married we- and I have a dog. And I am a <laughs> do, you, do you want to describe Self-Aware Records just a little bit? Uh, so, I don't know if there is much to say. <laughs> I, well, it's it's like a broad... I guess it's like started as a punk label but it's kind of like i just put whatever out that i like and have time for like it's like pretty busy when touring was around so we kind of slowed down but we have i think we're putting out our 52nd release as of june 11th um and now that we're not super poor i think we can put out more things um so we have a busier year this year than we've had in previous years so i'm pretty excited and you put up yeah. the second Van Morrison collection coming out? <laughs> yeah, if they contact me. No, I don't think that Van Morrison could do anything that's self-aware. <laughs> Vic, uh, tell us, like, I know you're in, um, was it nine bands now? How many, how many bands are you in? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like not so much these days, but I, know. I, I do Mortal Man, which is like, uh, I, I, like if Caius played Dungeons and Dragons, that's <laughs> how I describe it. <laughs> and, and then I do, uh, I mean... Thunderlip, they kind of have their own. People know who that is, I guess. It's like, you know, party well, rock. Uh, I mean, a lot of the people that that listen to this uh, are not don't know us in any way, shape, or form. Right. So, so Thunder well, Thunderlip is incredible. Uh, Mortal Man is one of my favorite bands. Uh, real, real talk, they're my favorite local Wilmington band. Ooh, yeah, not yeah. not even kidding. So. <laughs> mine, mine too. But mine quite too. quite grandiose when you listen to them. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, how about you, Ryan? Do you have other things that you do that you would be worth a plug? Um, I mean, I have my little movie blog, which admittedly I haven't touched in a couple months. Oh, um, yeah. That's a great yeah. thing, uh, especially yeah. during Halloween time. That yeah. Gets so, real good. Into the Hive? Yeah. Um, and uh, I basically started it more or less out of boredom. Um, during a downtime when I was having a very difficult time trying to find solid employment, I decided to kind of keep going with a little bit more and i started a 31 days of horror thing which has continued for god 10 years that's so weird to say (laughs) um and it was more or less just like let me watch a bunch of movies i haven't seen and write fresh perspectives because who the fuck is going to care to hear me talk about like evil dead 2 like for the umpteenth time like ooh, cool movie yay um and uh, that kind of just went over to my Letterboxd account, which I'm way more active over there now, to be honest, because um, I get more hits on there and I tend to get a little more attention. Um, Josh is also on Letterboxd, um, if you get oh, a chance. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really watched that much lately. I've been watching more TV and the Shrek yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, so it really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. cut into... The only thing I pretty much watch on uh, Letterboxd like, these days have been like the stuff on The Last Drive-In. And um, then I have been watching Invincible on Prime, which is not obviously a movie, but is really fucking good if you get a chance to check it out. Um, But actually, speaking of movies, I just want to give a quick shout out to easily the weirdest movie I've seen in a while, uh, Fried Berry, which uh, premiered on Shudder last night as part of The Last Drive-In. And it is basically, imagine a dude who kind of looked like 
I'm trying to know the way he described him. He kind of looked like, you know, like the caretaker, um, like weird janitor guy in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> um, no. Okay. Um, I, uh, <laughs> actually, no, I, actually, no, I should ask looked, my wife what his name he is. He looked like here. a messed out version of Shaggy from Scooby Doo. And, um, Shaggy he, already looks like a messed out version of he look, Shaggy. He looks, like, he looks like he got really bad meth. Okay. Um, okay. Shaggy looks like everyone we grew up with. Yeah, in exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. not a joke. That's for real. Every, everyone that lived off of Myrtle Grove Road. Yeah, yeah but, definitely. I swear to God, I knew three dudes that had the nickname Shaggy because they looked they're, like Shaggy. Yeah, they're always carrying a gas can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, admittedly... It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if it wouldn't shock me if this guy probably played in Sour Vein at one point. Yeah. Um, he definitely is banned from a record store from for stealing something. Hundred yeah. percent. He could be friends with the guys from Yellow Dog. Um, yeah. I, I cut that out. Um, no. Um, fuck. Fuck that place. Yeah. Fuck that. Guy. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah, there's a so, uh, there's a local there's a local disc store uh, CD place where the owner uh, to this day got busted for recording an underage girl taking a piss uh, that like Chuck uh, Berry. worked for him. Yeah, he he did the Chuck Berry. So fuck that yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. And am I crazy? Did he not like serve any jail time or like, uh, what? I, I don't I don't fucking know. I I yeah. I, I didn't look up yeah. the uh, arrest record, but but yeah. there's. There was a rumor uh, that that went around that oh the the ownership of that place like switched hands. That's what and I it, believed that. Rumor. It I didn't it was... at all. It's still the same dude. He was quoted. He's got a haircut. I'm <laughs> I, I'm wondering. Yeah, honestly, I wonder if he just had a really good fucking lawyer um, because it was just like yeah, like nothing seemed to happen. Like I was, it was perplexed by it. But anyway, fried berry. Um, this dude who is an all-around scumbag gets abducted by aliens and they take over his body and proceed to essentially kind of explore South Africa in a kind of a weird stupor. And it is huh? one of the most bizarre films I've seen in quite a while. I mean, like he's just kind of exploring, he's just more or less kind of taking in human culture. And of course he's running around a very kind of sketchy area and so, like, one of the first things that happens is he gets taken into a club and, like, someone tries to, like, give him a BJ in the bathroom and stuff like that. And he just kind of doesn't really know how to react. He's just kind of looking around at the lights around him, just like, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's very funny. Um, it is, it's kind of like that movie Under the Skin that came out years ago, but except, like, intentionally, like, really fucking funny. Um, that's, that's I, I highly recommend it. It's not for everybody, but I had a blast watching it. I laughed out loud quite a few times. Um, but yeah, other than me doing the movie blogs and like that, I don't really have much going on. I actually may start up a YouTube channel if I can get some better uh, equipment soon, just to kind of talk about films and whatnot. No, no, no. You're going to do that on here. You don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't no get side projects. All yeah, right. no, no side maybe. projects. That's right. against yeah. union rules. Okay, maybe I'll, maybe maybe I'll just talk about comic books then. Uh, <laughs> Josh, what were you gonna say? I love that Ryan's plug was really just a plug for show. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We we could get a fucking sponsorship from them. It doesn't seem like it'd be hard to get. I do mean, you find Ryan? Do you find yourself um, 
I, I feel like when I watch Last Drive-In, I a lot of times fast forward through the movie and just get to the parts <laughs> where Joe Bob's like talking about whatever bullshit. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That's totally worth all of it. <laughs> like sometimes, yeah. a lot of times it's like I've seen the movies, so it's like, but I want to hear like, there's so much trivia and stuff around it. But I'm just like I. I'm not I even can filter the movie. trivia from his uh, really crappy viewpoints, but yeah. man, sometimes it's really fucking hard. Because um, I like, and I remember like last night he went on a spiel about like he went on a spiel about saying like like you know about like whether I think like slasher movies are sexist or blah 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 blah. And I was like, I'm gonna mute this and wait for you to go back to the movie. And uh, <laughs> thankfully, it didn't last long. It was like maybe 15 seconds later. He's like. All right, back to the movie now. And I was like, oh, thank fucking God. He, he is truly the Van Morrison of horror. <laughs> uh, man, he does know some wonderfully unnecessary information. I'll give him yeah. that. Vic, didn't you do a, a solo album not too long ago? Oh, yes, yeah. I, I have two oh. solo albums. Uh, one is a collection of uh, computer music that I made a long time ago. It's real weird. <laughs> it is uh, it is but it's cool as shit sounding. and then and then the newer one is called knights with a y and that's more like kind of straightforward video game sounding stuff is is the third record gonna be a van morrison cover record oh my yes. god yes it is <laughs> damn what <laughs> about you tear maker oh my god before we move on to mine i want to say vic's uh knights with a y solo album is badass i love it yeah he he could have had a lucrative career writing nes music back in the 80s i'm i'm still working on it i might have it (laughs) but dan truthfully you haven't listened to it yet (laughs) no no not at all i'm I'm assuming it's really good i'm just it's gotta be right (laughs) <laughs> um, we So I've been working on an album through quarantine, uh, recording at home with my buddy Nick Sponsel. Um, he's gotten really mm. good at making super high quality home recordings. And it it's, uh, it's like a melodic death metal album, real heavy stuff, but just super melodic, got a lot of like classic metal influence. Uh, the band's called Bellhammer. And uh, mm. our drummer, James Beardsley from uh, Morose Vitality in Raleigh, is going to be recording the drums in Raleigh uh, this July. So I'm stoked. That ha- should have that out um, oh, released yeah. by September. Uh, shout out to Nick, by the way. I have not heard that name in a long time. <laughs> Hope you're doing all right, buddy. Oh, that reminds me. We, we forgot a big plug here. Uh, me and Dan playing a band called Salvacion. Oh yeah, it's like salvation, yeah, yeah. but in Spanish, it's just a it's a love letter to classic like '80s heavy metal. Yeah, that great shit, band. Shit rules. And it was um, founded by our friend Carlos Denoyan, who passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, um, man, rest, it, it, rest it, in eternal power. Seriously, seriously, <laughs> it, it, I, I can't, every time I realize like how long it's been already is is fucking wild to me. But uh, yeah, check out Salvation. It's fucking fantastic. It's uh, it rules them and them and uh, well, you guys. It's it's weird. Like I say them, and then I realize like <laughs> y- y- y'all are in that band, Vixen, and like it's such an incestuous yeah, musical we, community. We weave a tangled web. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it, incest, you say? <laughs> <laughs> Before we start talking about incest, let me plug something for Nick Sponsel oh, yeah. uh, while we're still talking about it. So Nick yeah. Sponsel actually just released his. Uh, solo album from Zenith to Nadir and it's it's a to- really cool blend of a bunch of different like classic rock classic metal like and you, you lots can hear of styles me, me and Dan on that album too yeah we we contributed to it um, I actually wrote one of the songs with Nick and played on a few of them it's really awesome it's super well done really 
really well recorded for something he did on his own. Uh, check it out on Bandcamp. Sponsor. Just search for Sponsor on Bandcamp. It's really good stuff. Okay, I got a I got a topic that I've uh, has been bouncing around my head for a while. I've talked with uh, my coworker Aaron Piner about this a few times. There was like this period of music, like in, in like rock music, where the song would have the most badass uh, opening riff to it, and then it goes into the corniest verse like that I've ever heard. And a good example of this is like Layla by Eric Clapton. You know, think about the guitar riff. Uh, oh yeah, but the verses are kind of lame in that song. Exactly, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's tame. Exactly. It's, yeah, well, that's, that's what's so cool is the dynamics of going from that ripping Bull guitar part to the chill. It is yeah, not cool. You. No, that's good stuff. Uh, I'll give you yeah, another whatever. example. I, hold on, hold on. I'll give you another example. You're as cold as ice, but um, uh. um Willing to sacrifice my love. I'm not going to sit here and have you bad mouth for me. That one's good, too. Completely off of no, that. you guys, you guys <laughs> suck shit at this. Shit. Uh, cra- crazy <laughs> no, Train is another example. You just love hate on things. It, the, no, these are all no, great songs. You're missing what I'm saying. <laughs> this has some of the coolest guitar riffs and coolest openings that I've ever heard across music. But then the level, like the verses do not match the intensity of the beginning of the songs crazy train has one of the most evil sounding <laughs> opening riffs ever and then it's ozzy going crazy that's how it goes that is it's like weird it's like uh, this upbeat almost like you, you know like strummy who, like <laughs> like the, country sound to who, it who does that song life's been good to me so far from the eagles joe walsh. Name? Joe, joe walsh yeah the intro to that song sounds like it's about to be Fucking exactly, boom, and boom, then it's boom, like boom. what happened, <laughs> and then it's like this like reggae beat to it. Yeah. We're, we're gonna so di- divert from the main topic here a little bit. Uh, Vic was here for this. I don't know if Will remembers this at Barbary Coast, oh fighting God. with a guy over if this song was by Joe Walsh or the Eagles, and, and this guy got wrong. so was, mad, and Will just kept pushing him. And at one point, Will was like, "I'll suck your dick for a nickel." <laughs> And he was like bragging on how much he got this guy. He was like, I told him I'd suck his dick for a nickel. I got him. But Will was way wrong, too. He wasn't like, I can't remember what the argument was about. He, but I was It like, was Will, Joe Will's Walsh. Right. Will was saying it was the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy was, was getting real angry about this, so I just started yelling nonsense at him because he was like getting oh, in God. my face about it, like almost like wanting to fight. And there yeah, was no- you, you were you were keeping your cool. You were just like fucking with the guy, and he was he was getting. They had exactly, to carry that dude out of the bar. I like, know. Was, I oh, know. did they kick him out? Livid. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like they removed they him wrestled because wrestled him out of the he bar. He was so That's mad. Basically- like at some point, like it, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't give a shit whether I got Joe Walsh or the Eagles right. <laughs> Who fucking cares? But this guy was getting mad about it. Like, oh, that's like living mad. with Will. That's like what living with Will is like. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a moment there when they were having a back and forth that uh, I can't remember. The guy said that he was like from Florida or, or something, and Will was like, "Man, only like pussies and, <laughs> and the assholes come from Florida." And the dude was like, "Did you say something about pussy?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Oh my! It was weird as hell. I was very very drunk. Uh, oh. <laughs> God, yeah, I, anyway. I I vaguely remember that. Well, so it's really oh. Joe Walsh. It's not the Eagles. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. The, that song is on the Eagles' greatest hits album. That, live. that is the hard thing about Joe Walsh stuff is like he would play. They it were with like the he Eagles. had good songs, yeah. so they were like, "Play them here, man." Exactly. <laughs> like, like just Wait, like which, let him which do member it. of the Eagles was that? Uh, Don Henley. Don Henley. <laughs> hey, pl- play them here, man. Hey, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do uh, that shoe song I do. Uh, <laughs> um, I. I guess I don't disagree with you about the way these songs sound, but I also think that's the impact of the song. Like, if it starts out cool and then it goes kind of lower, then it lets you appreciate right. the cool riff more. Because yeah, it when the, the, cool when the chorus of Layla kicks back in, it has a lot more impact. If it was, like, going hard the whole time, it would yeah, be no dynamics to it at all. See, and, and the dynamics thing is, is not an issue for me either. It's just these particular songs that I have in mind, the verses end up sounding goofy, in comparison the dynamics is is not the issue another one uh i think it's called is something baker street that oh, yeah. opens with the saxophone baker street yeah. okay but dun, 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 dun. Yeah. and then it goes into the goofiest sounding verse you could ever imagine <laughs> for that badass like you know kind of mystic sounding opening i don't that, even, I don't even remember what comes fun. after that sax part oh i'm gonna but i'm gonna play it i wonder quick. if these were all producer tricks to that point like, like i feel like it's like it it's like if that song started with the goofy verse then the producer might have been like hey can you throw that riff at the beginning because that's really going to hook people gotta get through this <laughs> Oh my fucking god, I forgot how long this was. <laughs> Here we go. That's so, it's so good, y'all. It's, it's so, so good. good. Now just listen to the <laughs> when we get to the verse. Bongos, the hand drums come in and shit. Yeah, you got a point here with this one. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's this like genre, or not even genre, but like this these group of songs where like I hear it and I'm I forget how the verse goes until the verse comes on and I just kind of side eye it and I'm like it's this shit is so goofy compared to how evil sounding or how like badass the opening riff was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, that's my topic for the week. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and and I will. Uh, your homework for the week is to come up with a song, each of you uh, that fall into this category. I, I'm um, sure I can. I probably have songs on my iPod that are like that. <laughs> uh, you still have well, an iPod? I, uh, shockingly, my my screen is cracked to the point where I can't add anything new to it. <laughs> So I have not been able to listen to the past like four or five episodes Ryan, of this Ryan podcast. Ryan doesn't have a song past 2005 on his iPod. <laughs> Nor should he. Nor I, should he. I well, mean, music peaked back then. So. Not really in regards to the, I guess, goofy verse because all of the songs are goofy. I feel like I finally landed on if I dislike Grateful Dead or if I like them. 
And I think I'm in like them because I'm just putting on live uh, videos now, like while I'm working. Okay, I've never. So that's where I've landed. I've never uh, ventured into that territory before. It took me like five years to reach a conclusion. I, I I've only listened to one Grateful Dead song in my whole life, and I just wasn't really a fan. We'll it's, try it's five years. to me. Give like, it five nails years on a chalkboard. The <laughs> only Grateful Dead it. song I've ever liked is "Touch of Grey," which is like that, the that's least. Where I started, and that's the only one I know, and I don't like that song very much. Oh, I fucking I fucking amazing. love that song, but that's the that's the song that like Deadheads absolutely despise because that was yeah, them selling do. out. Um, and and uh, oh, like dear. making a music video for MTV Great. and shit. Grateful Dead elitists. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I well, there oh, the other Grateful Dead thing you should check out, and I think you all would like it, is uh, Bob Dylan with Grateful Dead album uh, is really good. If you like Ooh. Bob Dylan, you will Ooh. like it. Is not uh, gonna like man. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not gonna enjoy that one. Like yeah. I could, uh, I could, I could, I can handle some Bob Dylan stuff on its own. I can handle some Grateful stuff, Grateful Dead stuff on its own, but I don't, I don't know if combining those two uh, is is gonna do the trick. Is it? I don't know, you should try. Is it any less awkward than the Lulu record? Oh, it's incredibly less awkward. It's their best. But it's is like it, both. But is it? Best. Does it rock yeah. any more than that record? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. If- I can answer that. Alright, we've been we got an hour and a half we've been going here, I think. Yeah, uh, almost. Uh by the way, um again, uh oh yeah, shout out to uh one of our listeners, Darcy, she's in the hospital right now. Uh, I've been following her her uh, stuff. She got scratched, not to put her business out there, but she got scratched by a cat and ended up in the hospital. And I don't know what the hell is happening to her uh, uh, as of right now, but hopefully she is out soon. Um, hopefully by the time this drops on Wednesday. Not to make a joke of it, did she legitimately get cat scratch fever? I don't know. I haven't, like, I've been trying to piece together, but I also don't want to be too invasive in, in what's going on. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, I d- don't know. Actually, th- what's funny, uh, I talked to someone, one of the guys from Lauer After Hours. He actually got cat scratch fever when he was young. He got <laughs> scratched by a cat, and it ended up getting infected, uh, the bacteria that causes it, and he ended up at the hospital for a few days. Does he know you where he got it from? you got to watch out for that. That can really put you in a stranglehold. <laughs> yeah. Did he get it from a kitty next door? I, I, maybe so. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not jo- sure. Josh is wearing a Pantera shirt, by the way, and they did a sick cover of Cat Scratch Fever a number of years <laughs> you ago. You had to cancel me on air, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, uh, I know we're about to go out on Steven Tyler's autobiography, but my coworker Aaron suggested that uh, old poop jizz from last week um, – he is a self-published author. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have read some of his book before. Is it gold? That that might be something we want to think about doing in the future. Oh, let, <laughs> let me know. I'll Indeed. see if I can order it at one of my jobs, and I will be Hell absolutely yeah. happy to read that on air. Hell yeah. Okay. All right, Josh, go ahead and take us out. 
for the week uh, with Steven Tyler's Does the Noise in My Head Bother You? I honestly don't know where we are anymore. I didn't write any notes. Do you want me to mail you a bookmark, man? I just keep not <laughs> writing. I have a thing where I can write the note of where we are, and then I just do not write the note. Um, and every page starts with him saying something about Tro Rico. I and still don't so know like, what that word is or means or like is that's it, the that's it, the town. Is Troy Rico a guy? Yeah, like I feel like you're saying, hey, my, my like my drug dealer's name is Troy Rico. <laughs> I think it's like a it's a place. Okay, all right. It's yeah. All right, okay. go go I, ahead anyway. and uh, just just pick a couple pages and and I want to get to the actual Aerosmith part. Oh, I think you got to get like 300 more pages. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. We got to keep this podcast going for the next decade just to get through yep. this book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, does the noise in my head bother you? We are at the bottom of page 17, I think. If we're not, sorry. Um, a few years ago, I found a moss bed for sale at this lady's little store in New London. The place was full of nature stuff and had a big wooden arc in front of giant bird wings. The bed is made of twigs with a moss mattress, grouse feathers for pillows, a wooden nest, an ostrich egg cracked in half with a little message on it, and the prints of the fairies that were born on the bed. We kept it in the house for my, so my two children, Chelsea and Taj, would see it and just know that fairies were born on that bed. They'd say, for real? And I'd say, for real. I bought the two fields I used to go walking in. I haven't gone out into the woods lately to see if they've been touched. I'm afraid to find out if it's all still there as I remember it. But I grew up with these creatures. I was alone in the forest, but I was never lonely. That's where my first experiences of otherness came from, of the other world. My spiritual ideas didn't come from the Lord's Prayer or church or pictures in the Bible. They came from the stillness. Oh. The silence was so different from anything I would ever experience. The only noise that you heard in a pine tree for us was the gentle whispering of the wind blowing through the needles. Other than that, it's just quiet, like after a fresh snow. It really quiets down in the woods, cracking branches, nothing. It's like when I took acid. I felt the wind brushing against my face, although I knew I was in the bathroom and the door was closed. This was Mother Nature talking to me. I would walk through the woods and walk and walk. I would find chestnut trees, fairy rings of mushrooms, birds' nests made with human hair and fishing line. I would imagine I was in the jungle in Africa and climb up on the gates at the entrances to the big estates and sit on the stone lions until someone shouted, Get down from there, kid. That's where my spirit was born. Of course, I got introduced to spirituality through religion, too, from the Presbyterian Church in the Bronx and my choir teacher, Miss Ruth Lanchi. At the age of six, I learned all the hymns and a few of hers. I fell in love with two girls on either side of me in the choir, and of course, they had to be twins. I remember being five and sitting next to my mother in a pew at that church, looking up at the altar that held the Bible and the beautiful gold chalice with the minister looming over it. <clears throat> there was a gold tapestry that hung down to the floor with a crucifix embroidered on the front. I was all wrapped up in the tradition of getting up, sitting down, getting up, singing, sitting down, praying, singing, praying, getting, praying, singing, and hoping all this would take me somewhere closer to heaven. 
I thought for sure God must be right there under that altar. Just as I'd thrown a blanket over the dining room chairs to create a fortress, a safe, powerful place, kind of church-like, with the added bonus of imagination. Wow. All of this combined together in one beautiful moment of me feeling God. But then I'd meet her once in the forest. Okay. That was beautiful. All right. Uh, what? <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna ride out right now and uh, follow us uh, at Jort Center Pod on Twitter. Um, uh, Vic, where can we find you on uh, Twitter? I'm Doctor Victor. With All right, Doctor Doctor Victor. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, at other J Robbins or the other J Robbins. I really should learn what it is. Okay, <laughs> Ryan, where are you? I am at Ryan Beard. R I H A N Beard. Do you say R I H? R Y H A N. I'm pretty sure you just misspelled your own own name. Uh, Dan, where are you on Twitter? You can find me at Motley Crudeta. Awesome. All right. I think we're uh, we're also talking about starting a Patreon. Uh, maybe for like stickers and to let the listenership suggest topics in the future um, of whatever you want us to talk about besides ourselves for 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, Please. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we've actually, we have started the Patreon page. We just haven't published it yet, made it live. And I think it's going to be like a choose your own amount. So whatever, if you want to kick us a few bucks, um, maybe by the time this drops, we'll have uh, tweeted the link out to that. But uh you can find me at Waffle House. Um, enjoy, uh, enjoy Van's uh, latest hit, y'all. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it goes on for a long time. <laughs> really wants an answer. Why are you on Facebook? Oh yeah, that Rhodes piano solo is kind of dope, whatever it is. Ding. Are you drinking a glass of milk right now? <laughs> Damn, Jesus Christ, sorry I asked. <laughs> what is that reaction? <laughs>